All right, y'all, it's Valley of Dreams. I am Daniel, joined here, as always, by Phil. This is, of course, America's premier music, technology, and lifestyle podcast. Phil, how on earth are you doing today? Very, 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 very good. I just had an almond croissant. Ooh! And the reason I had that is because the place was sold out of pizza, so my, my backup is a very sweet, sugary almond croissant. And Were the almonds good. embedded within the croissants? Were they on top of the croissants? There's a, I think there's a thing that they put on there. I, I would guess it's almond oil or almond, oh, like an almond butter, almond butter, almond oil, some like almond syrup is okay. put all over it, and it was really good. But then there's also. Little almond shavings, which Ooh. are fantastic. So and they were kind of sugary. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, oh man, that's how well I'm doing. I'm running high <laughs> off of the the brain rush of having something super tasty. Incredible. Daniel, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. I have had one bowl of cereal today. I'm currently eating grain berry cereal, which is produced using onyx sorghum, which is grown in West Texas. Uh, This is a very nutrient-rich sorghum product. And I got to tell you, I'm just overjoyed to have started ingesting this product. Today, I had their uh, sort of one of those oats or no, uh, this O-shaped. What are, big sorghum. That's big sorghum. Yeah. <laughs> I'm funded by big sorghum. Yeah. Um, and I, the, this uh, particular sorghum was also developed by Texas A&M University. So it's sort of an academic sorghum. Oh, what, right. Like right. a Cheerio. It's like a Cheerio um, shape sorghum. Uh, just absolutely delicious. So, is the Texas connection because you <laughs> sought it out, or is it because you just so happened to buy some and you were like, "Oh man, I didn't realize that this was a, a Texas product." So, I was in the market for a whole grain cereal. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I went to the grocery store. Shout out to Tom Thumb. I know they have that real selection. And I was looking for Total, and I'm not sure if they still make Total or what, but I ended up finding this cereal, which had very appealing packaging to me. And after I got home, I did a little bit more research into the cereal and learned the story of Onyx Sorghum. So I'm not sure if this is available in other states or what its vibe is, but you might look into that, Phil. I will. So did when you say packaging, were you like, oh, is this like a wrap snack sorghum? <laughs> you know, sort of like imagery of a tractor okay. and these beautiful fields, <coughs> excuse me, beautiful fields of sort of purple sorghum. It was just very exciting to me. And I, you know, it said something about it being whole grain, which was my okay. main criteria for a new cereal. Okay. that's where I'm at. Um, I've been really into nutrition for about two months now. It's been a fascinating journey for me. You're you're pretty, you're nutrient aware. Yeah. I mean, I've always been healthy and nutrient aware, but I've never really thought about it that Mm. much. And now I'm trying to do a little bit more thinking about it. Got it. Everyone out there, you are, of course, listening to Valley 
of Dreams. I'm Daniel here with Phil. Oh, Valley of Dreams. What a pleasure to be on this podcast. Today, we're going to begin as we always begin with the quick draw segments. Phil, issue number one in the quick draw segment is wearable technology. I do not personally wear any technology. I try to avoid even having a telephone in my pockets. I, in the past, had a a Fitbit that I wore that I found fairly entertaining. It was linked up with my telephone. It could tell me how many steps I had uh, engaged in during any particular day, how many miles. That was kind of fun for me, but I'm not sure that it ever hit for me in the way that it seems to hit for other people. What are the benefits of wearable tech and is wearable tech garbage? (laughs) I personally, I'm not a big fan of wearable tech. I don't like having my phone on me. Hmm. However, I was listening to a podcast during the Tour de France from a local Texan and one of the brands that he reps really hard is yeah. a company called Aura. Okay. Ring, and it is a uh, health and sleep tracker that is a ring that goes on your finger. Oh, interesting. And I heard this thing enough times during uh, listening to his podcast about the Tour de France yeah. that I eventually broke down and bought one. <laughs> Do you wear it? I wear it all the time. I've been wearing it since the i've been wearing it for a year okay so this started with i'm not into wearable tech and moved into i have been wearing technology on my finger for an entire year yeah and i i think the reason why it doesn't always come across to me as being wearable tech is because i have forgotten about it and it just uh it's like wearable jewelry to me okay okay (laughs) so i wear a wedding band and right next to it, I have my fitness and sleep tracker. And I think it's pretty cool. It does um, checks your heart rate while you're sleeping. It checks your heart rate variability while you're sleeping. Uh, it does a couple other things like it will tell me when I've met my activity goal for the day. It'll remind okay. me to, if I haven't been active for a while, it'll give me a little nudge to like go walk around. How does, it, how does it give you that, that nudge? It unfortunately tells me on my phone. Okay. Okay. Which is kind of a bummer. But when you, when we were talking about these show notes about like wearable tech, my, I immediately was sour and I was like, I hate that stuff. I hate that <laughs> stuff. Cause to me, it just seems like, Oh, well, do I have like a pair of glasses that right, are connected right. to a computer or it's very dystopian. It's just like, ah, I'm not into all that. But I, as we mentioned at the forefront of the show, I'm a health nut. I love almond, <laughs> almond, <laughs> almond juices, almond syrups, all types hey. of, uh, those types of, uh, monosaturated fats. Yeah. And, um, but for real, I am interested as I'm getting older this is really turning into a, uh, a sponsored podcast, even though it shouldn't be. But <laughs> I wear a fitness tracker ring, and okay. it's not in my face. I like it. I like it. What? So let's talk heart information. What yep. type of heart information are you getting from this thing? Maybe some stats, some ranges? Yeah. So one of the ones that I think 
I am not really that um, familiar with is heart rate variability. Okay. And it's kind of kind of hard to describe, but it's I think the way I understand it is just like how quickly or how adaptable my heart is to um, like <laughs> up and down like stress. Okay. So like how fast it can respond to stress in my body. And I think the idea is that you want it to be uh, have a high degree of variability okay. so that it can be um, – it's not just like constantly running at some sort of regular clip. It's supposed to be all over the place, um, which is – also, maybe emerging <laughs> an emerging understanding of heart or uh, heart rate variability. So um, you you're walking down the street and you run into a wolf and you want your heart to be like, Bring! right? But like when you're sitting, yeah, you want it to just be like kind of chilling. And like this is the way it talks. Talk, they talk about it is it's not clear. I think it might be kind of a bogus science. <laughs> hey, maybe we should get a cardiologist on here to talk about we this. Probably should because I don't fully understand it. But then the one that I do really like is the beats per minute, which mm. um, is kind of an indicator, at least in my mind, about uh, how fit I am okay, and uh, or how like relaxed or unstressed I am. And so like when I'm sleeping very deeply, yeah. um, my... Uh, it seems to be that my beats per minute um, is relatively low. And it also tells you how long you were in like a sleep state for, which is pretty cool. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So what is it in summary? Pretty cool. (laughs) In summary, pretty cool. All right. Issue number two, kettle ball exercises. This is not just a music show. It's not just a tech show. I guess kettleball is tech. It's also a lifestyle show. A lot of people know, I mean, you know our track records. A lot of people know that one of my favorite personal exercises is the farmer's walk. Do you know farmer's walk, Phil? I can imagine you doing it. The farmer's walk is all you do is you pick up two really heavy weights and you walk around. Right. And you kind of flex your entire body. As you do it. And <clears throat> so I normally have done this with free weights. I recently uh, found myself in sort of a flux situation in terms of what gym I'm going to. Mm-hmm. And the gym that I've been going to for the last few days or so has these kettle, are they kettle balls or bells? I said ball. I think it's kettle bell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have these kettle bells that are heavy enough that I can actually do the farmer's walk with them. And I've got to tell you, it has been quite a pleasure for me. I don't know how to do any of the other kettlebell exercises. So the weird, you know, like lunging, flying the kettlebell around stuff. Um, But I wanted to give a shout out to kettlebells. And I also wanted, or balls, whatever they're called. Um, And I want to know where you stand on this issue, Phil. Um... I don't think I've ever used one to exercise at all. A kettlebell or a kettle ball. I don't know if there is such thing as a kettle ball, but I think, I think I'd be interested in uh, exploring a new brand of kettle kettlebell called the kettle ball. But now I know it's a big deal. Uh, people love it. It seems to be um, like there's whole classes where people just like base the whole exercise routine around 
this kettlebell. Uh, but uh, do you recommend it? And if I were to somehow get you an aura ring, would you wear it <laughs> while doing your kettlebell farmer's walk? Um, so I do recommend kettlebells or balls. I don't know how to do most of the kettlebell exercises that people actually do. They are so much better for the farmer's walk than free weights though. They're just a lot easier. Um, you're not dealing with sort of the weirdness of a free weights. They, yeah. they feel more like you're actually using a farm implement, which is what I want. Uh-huh. Um, and my farm, my farmer's walk, would I wear the, is it aura? Yeah. Would I wear the aura ring? Yes, I would wear the aura ring. That's an easy one. It is what? not a contraceptive device. <laughs> it really sounds like one. <laughs> yeah. It, it is really not. sounds like one. Okay. Now, it's not a one of those door things where you ring the doorbell and nope. you can see who's there. It's nope. not a contraceptive. It is nope. something even weirder. Well, it's not. Its purpose isn't. <laughs> it's neither one of those are its purpose, but... I've not a dedicated been, contraceptive. Not a dedicated, right. <laughs> right. All right. Final issue of the quick draw segment equinox are you familiar with equinox phil uh, we don't i don't know that we have it here it's probably uh is it like a soul cycle type situation it's a soul cycle type i feel like soul cycle might even be part of equinox okay. i'm not really sure apparently this is a very elite gym elite in quotation marks that began in new york city they are all over the place in new york city and it seems like in a few other major metros. Um, so I, little backstory here. I have been going to a gym at a fancy apartment complex for the last few months. <laughs> yeah. Don't you live <laughs> in a house? I do live in a house. The <laughs> I happened to meet someone who was the manager of this apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, man, I would really like to use your amenities. And he said, here, take a picture of my phone with all the information about getting into the apartment complex on it. Um, I did not actually, the first time that this happened, use this information, but I ran into the same guy uh, maybe two months later and I had the same conversation with him. And he again gave me the numbers that I needed. And I started going to this fancy apartment complex, which is fairly near my home. And uh, working out in their beautiful gym, two stories, uh, all sorts of stuff, beautiful pool, and basically no one in this gym, which is one of my main criteria for a gym. (laughs) Vacancy. Vacancy. I mean, it's (laughs) annoying when you show up to the gym and people are there, to be honest with you. Um, Especially if what you want to do is pick up large weights and walk around. (laughs) Uh everyone's like what is this guy doing Uh Um, non-injury exercise that's my main thing so last week uh, last monday i show up at the gym and i can't get in the door i couldn't get in any of the doors the doors of the apartment complex Um, i went again on tuesday and i was in the exact same situation so I texted this guy who's, he also gave me his phone number. This is not someone who I really know in any meaningful way. Uh-huh. Uh, I talked to him for about 10 minutes twice. Um, so I texted him and I said, 
and I identified who I was. Um, and I said, Hey, I can't get in. Are you still, you know, the manager of whatever fancy apartment complex this was? And he said, no, I don't work there anymore. Because um, I've been letting in vagrants. <laughs> <laughs> I've been letting in farmer, farmer working out vagrants. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't pursue. I did. I later learned. <laughs> where what, are you now? You should have asked him where he's at. <laughs> I did not. There were no follow up questions. Um, I immediately recognized that I was going to have to find a new gym. I looked at a variety of gyms in my area, your 24-hour fitnesses, your Planet Fitnesses, your La Fitnesses, things along those lines. And, you know, I also considered the issue of Equinox, which apparently is a $200 per month gym. Whoa. It's kind Um, of a lot of money. My brother likes La Fitness and a good friend of mine likes Planet Fitness. Uh-huh. But I don't think we have an Equinox, Equinox where I live. Yeah. And I'm on the website now and yeah. it, <laughs> it looks like almost like a dating club. Like oh, really? Like you're going there to, to meet up. Uh, uh, but I think you should check it out, man. I okay. Well, I, yeah, I think I'm unlikely to check it out. I um I had made an appointment to go on Friday of last week, but I think on Thursday I joined a gym at a local hospital. So I'm now <laughs> okay. working out at a hospital. There's you know, the guy was throwing me around, he was like, No one ever comes here. And I was like, This is perfect. Cool. Uh, just well, elderly people from the community and uh doctors. Come uh the new year. I think you should keep an eye on if there's any good deals good at point. Equinox. Yeah. They might, you know, throw you some, you know, like a month free and then you can go get addicted to uh, high society fitness. <laughs> honestly, the real issue with Equinox from my perspective or Equinox, whatever it is, from my perspective, is that it is not near my house. You have to drive to a fancy part of town. Highland Park. Correct. (laughs) In order to go to the Equinox. Got it. And I just don't need that in my life. So is that a, I should not join or I should wait till January to join? I think you should wait till January, see if there's any good deal. (laughs) Good deals. (laughs) It's kind of split the difference on getting it totally from for free and going to <laughs> uh, a, a hospital, a hospital one. All right, it's Valley of Dreams. I'm Daniel, joined here as always by Phil. The people need more content. We provide the content for the people. This is, of course, America's premier music, tech, and lifestyle podcast. Today, music. What are we into right now and why? I, as I was thinking about this show, I had this urge to present an entire album or to present a song, to try to make the case for something. And there were a few things initially that came to mind. You know, I thought I could do The Velvet Underground and Nico. I thought that might be a nice one to talk about. And then I had this moment where I looked at Pitchfork's top, you know, 25, maybe it was 250, whatever, top albums of the past 25 years. 
And according to Pitchfork, Kid A was no. the number one. Yeah. <laughs> I oh That's the response I was looking for. Kid A was the number one album of the past 25 years. Number two, get this, Phil. OK Computer. No. Well, no, no. <laughs> so I read that and I thought, well, I don't need to roll around trying to pretend to be the coolest guy on the block because even the people who claim and view themselves as the coolest people on the block think that Kid A is the best album of the past 25 years. You know, man, I'm never going to understand why people love Radiohead so much or why people think Radiohead is cool. It's not something that, you know, I like Radiohead. I just don't understand the people's vibe on them. So I decided, you know, I should talk about Wyclef Jean's The Carnival. This is Wyclef's first solo album. It's coming off of the score with the Fugees. This is before uh, Lauren Hill puts out The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. There are all sorts of great things, sounds that he brings into the album. Uh, some Haitian music, some Latin music, just generally Caribbean vibes. There are some incredibly off-putting skits. The skits are just as terrible and racist as they could possibly be. You know, it's, oh, here's some Chinese stereotypes. Here's some Mexican stereotypes. Just really, really terrible. Great music, however. So I wanted to make a plug for that album. And I wanted to ask Phil what, if anything, he's really into right now what what is vibing with you phil oh boy well uh i have a 11 month year old son Mm -hmm. 11 month year old i have 11 month old son (laughs) almost a year old almost a year old and i've just been putting on almost anything in my my spotify or apple music list and we are on right now we are listening to walls and bridges John Lennon album, mm-hmm. and we're be- we're just rocking out to number nine dream. Major oh Bangin'. yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And uh, whatever, that is a great it, song. It's, it's, it just hits so hard. Yeah, it's, that is like, a great song. You just don't. To me, I still don't expect the chorus when the chorus hits. I'm like, man, how did he That's get us here? How did he get us? Beautiful, beautiful song. How did he get? How did? How did they get to this? How did he get to this chorus? So the babies love melody i think they do okay i think they really do they're um, less rhythmically oriented and more melodic well i'll tell you they what, love banging though yeah they do love banging but uh you can put on anything from the sound of music yeah and the kid <laughs> just just immediately is transfixed how do you solve a problem like maria hat is immediately just like oh. the hills are alive hit what's uh, the one where they're all singing uh i mean you got a Avita saying i do i do yeah and it as soon as it goes on if he's even slightly stressed out he is like, oh, Peace. something new is happening. All right. Which is very cool. Yeah. Um, music is an incredible thing. Yep. Yep. And it just like cuts through for him, which is really cool. And so we're just, I don't know how we made it, made it here. I think mm-hmm. we were listening to 
some one of the anthology albums uh-huh. and i think i was like let's just take a side quest mm-hmm. out um and just go go see what walls and bridges is messing with how it <coughs> yeah that's an right interesting now. one to roll with also um where, where's he at with paul mccartney's solo catalog uh i mean we've listened to mccartney but we're not we're not really that far into it I don't okay. think we've listened to anything at length, nothing more than once. So your your music scene currently is largely driven by the interests of a baby, and that baby is particularly drawn to melody. This week, yep. This last two weeks, that's this right. This week. Yep. Okay. Okay. Which is cool. Um, I wonder – yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to the babies. Mm-hmm. Um where, do you remember the album, The Carnival, Phil? Yeah, I want to talk about that. It's not even in Pitchfork's Top 200. Which, <laughs> it seems odd, but like maybe I'm bad at math, but it came out in 96. 97. 97 came out in 97. 97. I am kind of interested because this album is multi-platinum. It's a multi-platinum album. But as I have mentioned it to people over the past week, I've noticed people's faces just sort of glaze over and there's not a lot of it's like an un for unremembered album for some reason and yet every song on it is a banger i guarantee you every even the ones that at the time i thought were not that great to all the girls i've loved before pretty good pretty good do you think the new or this pitchfork 25th anniversary thing <laughs> is biased against Wyclef because of uh... (laughs) I think a lot of people are biased against Wyclef I think that in retrospect there's a lot of stuff that he's done that makes him seem a little bit goofball to be honest with you and you know I think me and you are on the same page here we both saw him live in concert around 2000 it was an underwhelming experience for both of us and one that kind of turned me off to him, his music, to be honest with you. Um, But if you were going forward in time and you've experienced the score, which was just a huge mega album, and then you experienced, you know, he had this song on the Soul Assassins record, uh, What Do You Mean, John 316, that just, poof, go out and check out that song. It'll murder you in your sleep. And he was coming through with some just genuinely amazing music. And I think the fact that he went on to do, you know, the Santana and the Shakira hips don't lie and all that stuff. I don't want to say, I think tarnished his legacy is exactly the wrong way to put it because it's expanded his footprints and music. And at this point, probably along with the Fugees is his legacy, but this album it's better than the score is. It's substantially better than the score is. The music's better. The yeah. rapping's better. The songs are better. Lauren Hill's on a bunch of the songs anyways, if what you want is Lauren Hill. Uh, rapping at a very, very high level and just sounding fantastic. So it's, it's a lot of... I think this album is what people think that the score was. 
And the score also has terrible skits on it or interludes. Yeah, so the, the, this list, I know we're not specifically talking about the Pitchfork yeah. list. We're talking about the Carnival. But <clears throat> I think we kind of are, though, because we're talking about people, uh, you know, like judging the music of the past through the prism of the present and through their desire, frankly, to seem cool. Yeah, and like if you go and look at their list and you see the scores that each one of those albums got, yeah, the the top two hundred are. You'd think that it would be like okay, well, this one that got an eight point five on Pitchfork, yeah. right, would yeah. be lower than something. <laughs> It just doesn't make any sense. Well, so, I mean, maybe it's legacy. There are a lot no, of albums you. that are, you know, misinterpreted at the moment that they come out, right? I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for example, let's talk about this DJ Shadow album. Okay. Introducing, oh, right? Oh, man. Ten. How did that make it onto that list? It's got a 10. And <laughs> I mean, no no disrespect. You know, I mean, come like, on. That's was that ninety eight or so? Maybe ninety nine. Number sixty four on the list. What year? Uh, I don't know what. what year I mean, that was. that was an album that people thought was incredibly cool at the time, and that yeah. no one has listened to since. Yeah, I own it. I could probably go grab it off the shelf right now. Uh, let's see. When did that come out? Ninety six. Okay. All right. A little and, earlier than I thought. Yeah. Is Wu-Tang Forever on there? <laughs> I'm just curious because, you know, just thinking about it, that is obviously, I assume that was within the last 25 years. That to me is just clearly the best album of the, of the past yeah. 25 years. Yeah. I mean, I came out on the 97, 96, 97 timeframe yeah. as far as I know. So, so, I mean, that's yeah. an album that I do not make it through a year without listening to that album multiple times and have not since it came out. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think I've ever I've never listened to the whole Tyler, the creator, Igor album. Yeah, there's no 52. way that Igor is better than no offense, because I, as everyone knows, recently had become a Tyler, the creator fan. Yeah. This list, man, this is what they do to us. We need to come out with lists so people talk about our lists. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll, we'll build up to a list. Um, all right. So let's move on. Everyone, of course, you are listening to Valley of Dreams. I am Daniel, joined here, as always, by Phil. We are America's premier music, tech, and lifestyle podcast. We want to wrap up today with a quick discussion of tech. I was going to discuss the Stairmaster as my preferred tech of the week. I've been doing the Stairmaster a whole lot. It's kind of an impressive machine and it will really work you out. So shout out to the Stairmaster. But I wanted to ask Phil, um, you know, I opened up the New York Times today and they were talking about Meta, which I guess is like a collabo between Ron Artest and yeah. Facebook. Yeah. I wanted to just know what is Meta? I don't care, but what is Meta? Why should we care? And what are the implications of this so-called metaverse, if any? All right. So real talk, it seems like very similar to what Google did which right. is they created this alphabet uh, 
master company and yeah. Google is now just like a subordinate um, or a, like a child entity under Alphabet. And I think right, that's right. what Facebook decided to do, which is we're going to create this this overarching organization called Meta and Instagram and Facebook and WhatsApp and the Oculus thing that people use to do virtual reality stuff is all hmm. now. That's Facebook. All, yeah, they're all they're all companies within the meta, uh, yeah, hierarchy. So the metaverse is not a new thing; it's just a holding company. And then I think Zuckerberg's whole thing is is that all of these different brands and pieces of technology will come mm-hmm. together to form his vision of. Uh, how people interact with technology in the future. And like, so the metaverse is just a new way of us looking at photos of the children of people we went to high school with. I I think that's their, I think that's the killer app. I think that's the killer app. I think also letting people know your relationship status is probably going to come back. (laughs) Do they not have that on Facebook anymore? (laughs) I don't know. I'm not, I actually deleted my Facebook account um, a month ago. Uh, you know what? Same, man. Yeah. Mine sort of like somehow reactivated. Mm. I found out and yeah. uh, I got on there and I'm I was full like, delete. yeah, you're, you're full deleted now, meta. I don't yeah. need you in my life. Yeah. I'm Valley of dreams only, man. V O D Valley of dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Valley of Dreams. I'm Daniel, joined here, as always, by Phil. It has been quite a pleasure for us to be here with all of you today, and we will see you on the next episode.